Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Family Church, and we're so happy and glad <laughs> and grateful that you're watching this morning. Let's get out our uh, book, Amen, our instruction manual, our blueprint for victorious living, the Word of God. Go ahead and access that, and uh, that's an important thing to have with you uh, when you're approaching God and really. I know we have his word in our heart all the time, but you know, when we see the printed page, something happens. When we speak that which we read and allow our ears to hear it, it imparts life. Praise God. So let's go ahead. We're going to jump in this morning. We've been talking about praying for leaders. And truth be told, uh, when we got into this subject matter, I figured we could just cover it in a couple of sessions. And it's kind of like, this happens to you, I'm sure, that you think about something that you have to do, and in your mind, I mean, it goes like, <laughs> like this and that. But you know, when you put your hand to it, you, you see things that you hadn't seen before. And uh, it was last week, the Lord kind of put the brakes on me as to where we were headed and where we were going. And uh, I was sensing in my heart that he was wanting more of a foundation uh, to be laid in order to get a hold of what we were going to begin discussing. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Like I said, get your Bible out, get a piece of notebook paper and some kind of a writing device. Or if you're, you know, you got your tablet there where you can write things out or your iPad or whatever you use to uh, record things. Uh, I believe the Lord is going to speak to us this morning. And when you anticipate that, you prepare for that. And when it comes along, because you're, you've got your faith engaged, <laughs> he will speak. Amen. So let's uh, approach him now and believe for revelation. That's what we need. I trust that's what we desire. Father, we thank you, Lord, that there is no end to your wisdom, to your knowledge, uh, to all that you know and all that you set into motion. And as Apostle Paul said, he says, we're just looking, we're just looking in the mirror dimly, that we're not seeing all that we can see. But Lord, as we follow you, as we uh, go hard after you, as we desire to seek you, you begin to cause more glimmers of light and understanding and wisdom. And that's what we seek today. We declare because the Holy Spirit lives in us, we have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of the Word of God, in the knowledge of spiritual laws and principles, in the knowledge of who we've become in Christ, in the knowledge of what you desire to do through us. 
because we're a part of you. Lord, we just thank you for revelation this morning. We're going to get it. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to back the tape up a little bit here, so to speak, and go over some things that we've already mentioned. And as I opened with, we've been talking about praying for leaders. What we decided is that we would go into the New Testament, primarily the, uh, the epistles, and find prayers for others. And really discover how much bigger is this realm of praying for others. And uh, kind of get our focus on that. And we got there in 1 Timothy and saw that we were instructed to pray for those in authorities or leaders. And so we've been talking about that. And we had gone to Daniel's prayer, which is an example of praying for others. And so I want you to go over to Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. And again, if this sounds familiar, it's because we got into these verses a couple of weeks ago or whenever that might have been. And Daniel is an awesome uh, servant of God. Uh, he, uh, it looks to me like he's that one that followed God all his life. And from what we read, or at least what, we, uh, what is made known to us, he, he never had, had a time where he walked away from God. And so he, he is such an awesome individual. And he was reading uh, scriptures and, and those things that were uh, written down, those prophecies that were made concerning uh, the children of God. And he, he was not satisfied that those things were not coming to pass as the prophecies were decreeing. And so he began to seek God about that. You know, just as a side thought, how many of you know that things aren't really going the way they should right now in the United States of America? And I really never thought that I would say that. You know, for a long time, we've been living in this bubble of what we call America, and we've been afforded rights and privileges that I thought would never come into jeopardy. And we've just seen a deterioration uh, of this nation and our values and what God's decree was for us as a nation to accomplish and how to live. And after the war, World War II, things began to deteriorate into the, the 50s and then into the 60s and 70s. And right now, we're, we're seeing a culmination of what was sown back in those years, you know, 50, 60 years ago. And now it's, it's like in our face. Well, maybe we should be like Daniel. Maybe we shouldn't accept what's going on as the norm. Maybe we shouldn't accept it as part of God's plan. And maybe we should be like Daniel and we begin to press in to, to the Lord and, and finding out what our part is in getting us back to that place. Now, don't ever think that we can't get back as we were. No, 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 no. Don't, don't go by how it looks. Don't go by how it feels. Don't go by what we've been experiencing for the last several decades. Consider Israel. And every time they got away from God, every time they had what we coin as an evil king or an evil leader, things went, uh, well, <laughs> 
things got bad for Israel and the children of Israel. But when a remnant, it doesn't take a lot of people, thank goodness, because it's not the people that are making the change, it's God working through the people. So he just needs as many that come forward because it's always his desire to perform that which he promised. So if we would be like Daniel and just be a, a remnant that comes together and we begin making intercession for what God has had planned and is continuing and desiring uh, to do through this nation, we can get this back. And it wouldn't take, it never took Israel very long to get back and be the same for us. But instead of us being just an audience and an observer of what's going on, we need to become actively involved in allowing God to move in our country. Oh, hallelujah. And that's why he put it in Timothy for us to pray for our leaders. Because as the leaders of a nation goes, so does the nation. Amen. And so here we are. I, I guess I better get off my soapbox here for just a moment. Uh, going over here, to, and you know I'm speaking to me just as much as I'm speaking to anyone else that's listening. Amen? I, I've got I've to step up too. Hallelujah. Because I know that that's what God desires for us to do because he's willing to roll up his sleeves but he has to have us giving him that place or dare I say the permission to come and clean things up well here we go Daniel chapter 10 look here in the 12th verse and again this is a repetition this is during a time of prayer that Daniel had been praying and as of this verse that we're reading here in verse 12 he had been praying for 21 days. And I'll be perfectly honest with you, it's my, my opinion that he pretty much prayed the same thing every day. Continuing to remind God of what he had promised. Really, that's a great depiction and, and a great definition of what prayer is. Prayer is lifting up to God what he promised to do. That's what we did in, in when we received our salvation. We went there, we, we went before the Lord in, in our fallen state, the, that spirit that, that was dead and, and lifeless and without God. And we went to him and we began telling him about how he sent us his son to die in our place. And that if we would believe him, that we would have everlasting life. And then we called upon his name because that's what he instructed us to do. And he came into our life and saved us. Now, he couldn't have done that until we called on him. And that's an area that we're a little weak in in this entire realm of Christendom. We, we've been fed religious tradition, man's religious tradition about how God interacts with man and they've made it seem like they have taught to say that God's controlling everything. That's simply not the truth or Jesus wouldn't have said I want you to pray that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that tells me that things are happening different in heaven than they are upon the earth. Why is that? Because God is in complete control of heaven. Down here on the earth, not so much. He turned the stewardship of the earth over to mankind. 
And so that's why he's waiting for us to give him permission so we can allow him to come into that which we have been given the authority over. Amen. So here's Daniel. He's praying for 21 days. And we begin to extract uh, insight into uh, spiritual truths and concerning God's kingdom. And he actually had a visitation from an angel. And look what the angel says. Verse 12, he says, Then said he unto me, he says, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day, that means that the first day of these 21 days, that when he began to pray, and you did set your heart to understand and chasten yourself before God, it says that your words were here. Or excuse me, <laughs> your words were heard. There are going to be times when we lift up our voice to God and it seems like, it feels like that he didn't hear our prayer because you still hear the crickets. You know, everything's still calm. Nothing's been changed. But that's not true. We see in this verse that the angel is revealing to you and me as well as Daniel, he says that this angel began coming towards Daniel on the earth the very moment he prayed. That is a depiction of God responding to our prayers. We have that same truth revealed in 1 John 5, 14 and 15. He says this is the confidence that we have in God. This is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask him anything according to his will or his word, he does what? He hears us. Did you see that? If we ask, he hears us. If we ask, he hears us. And that's the confidence that we have. And Daniel was waiting to see the change before he would believe that God heard him. And that's the exact opposite of how it functions now in God's kingdom of, of which we live. So the revelation is that God hears and responds to our prayers the moment we ask him. And then notice it says that I am come. The angels are saying, the only reason I'm here talking to you is based on your words or what you pray. And so that's important to realize that when we pray, we have to begin believing that he heard us and he's responding to what we ask. Even though we may not have a feeling, even though we may not see any evidence of him responding to our prayer. Amen? So why, why did it take 21 days for this angel to show up? If God heard the prayer the first day, if, if God responded the first day, if that angel was sent the first day, which he was, would, would, would he get a slow train? Was, is he walking from heaven to earth? What, what's taking him so long to get here? Now here's this, this area where the Lord wants us to kind of dig a little bit deeper in. This is why we slowed our roll down 
on teaching on this subject matter of praying for leaders. Notice what it says in verse 13. This is the angel speaking. So he's on his way to earth. And then he said, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia. So this is another angel. And he's not employed by God. He's employed by the devil, who is the king of the kingdom of darkness, which is a spiritual kingdom. It says that this angel withstood me, hindered me, blocked me, kept me from coming to the earth. And he says he was able to do that for 21 days. Well, God then sent another angel. And this is one of the, one of the three archangels. And it was Michael. And he's one of the chief princes, chief angels. And he did what? He came to help me. So apparently, this angel that was dispatched to earth to, to, in response of Daniel's prayer was hindered by an evil or fallen angel. And apparently they were pretty equally matched because it didn't, it didn't appear that God's angel was making headway to get down to the earth. So he sent Michael, which tipped the scales to allow this this angel to make it to earth and to make it into the presence of Daniel to tell him. Now, it goes on to say that, that here comes Michael, he came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. So they continued to fight until he overcame with the help of Michael. And now in verse 14, he says, now after 21 days, I am come to make thee understand what befalls thy people in the latter day for the vision or what God was showing Daniel in Scripture was still not yet time to take place. It's for a latter time in latter or many days. So what I want us to see from this example is understand that the Bible allows us to see that which is unseen to our natural eyes. And what we're going to get into uh, this morning is that there is a real spirit realm that's all around us on the earth. And many Christians are simply not aware of that. So notice that this battle took place in the heavenly realm and We've seen in other scriptures that really is talking about the atmospheric heaven that's around the earth. Remember the Apostle Paul said that there were three heavens when he talked about when he went to God's home, heaven. And it says, he says that there are three heavens. And so understand that the first heaven is this <laughs> atmospheric uh, heaven or spiritual realm that's around the earth. I would say it's around the earth in all those places that have gravity. That's before you get into the second heaven, which are the, the, the uh, space is what we call it. And then the third heaven is obviously heaven itself. So understand 
that this battle took place in this unseen realm above the earth. I don't know how close of the earth it is. I don't know if, if the, the Bible calls the devil the prince of the power of the air. Well, the air is that atmospheric heaven above the earth. And so it seems fit to me that when you pull yourself up from the earth and you get a bird's eye view, so to speak, or an airplane view of the earth, you see so much of the earth. And I wonder if these leaders of darkness get up into this atmospheric heaven far enough that they can begin controlling and instructing and commanding their demons and their foot soldiers from one location. And you remember, you've got to understand that angels are not in the same class as God. They are created beings, and yes, they're, they're spiritual, but they're limited. They're limited in knowledge. They're limited in ability. They don't know the future. And so you've got to understand that how strategic that would be if they were in a higher location so that they could have a line of sight with all this going on around them. Just, just throwing that out for food for thought. So the battle was what? It was in the spiritual realm. That's what I want us to get. It's in a, an unseen realm that we're not aware of. And it's in this area above the earth. And understand that the kingdom of darkness was attempting to stop God's answer. I'm not sure that many of us really consider that. Why, why, why aren't all of our prayers instantaneous? Well, this is one reason. There's other reasons, obviously, but this is one reason. And that's why we've got to be prepared that when we pray, that we put our foot down and we believe that God heard us and God has answered our prayer. Hallelujah. Now, that's why it took 21 days. Aren't you glad that Daniel didn't give up on the 20th day? <laughs> on the 20th day, he goes, well, I guess he didn't hear me. I'll go go back to work. I'll go back to what I was doing before I set my heart to understand. No. He, he had made a commitment that he was going to hear from God. And that's the correct attitude to have. I'm sure that that's one of the reasons why we don't always get what we're seeking the Lord for in prayers, because we just give up too soon. So it took 21 days for the angel to get there. And so this experience helps us to understand that there's a battle that takes place every time that we pray and the devil is is in his kingdom is trying to hinder things that are coming from heaven to earth i was just reminded that when jesus was in his earthly ministry and i think it was nathaniel and and god had given jesus a vision of what nathaniel was doing early in his day and uh Jesus goes up to him later on in that same day and uh, he's recruiting him to, to be one of his disciples and Jesus says I saw you earlier doing this and that and Nathaniel was like wow how in the world did you know that and then Jesus told 
him that you're going to see greater things than that. You'll see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now, what that tells us is that every time Jesus was putting a demand on heaven, either, no matter what he was doing, preaching, uh, teaching, uh, ministering by the Holy Ghost, operating in signs and wonders and miracles, he had to get the resources of heaven to help him down here on the earth. Isn't it interesting where the angels start and where the angels end up? The angel starts in the presence of Jesus. The Bible tells us that, that the angels hearken unto the voice of our word. When we're speaking God's word, that is. And once he places a demand on the will of God, then that angel leaves his presence, he ascends to heaven, he gets what is needed from heaven, and then he descends back to earth with what was made a demand on heaven to bring, and then stayed uh, in that presence uh, until the next command. Isn't that interesting, uh, the ministry of angels? I, I really didn't want to get into that this morning, but we can talk just a little bit about it. We understand that each one of us has at least one angel that is with us all the time. You probably, like me, I've never seen my angel. I've never heard audibly with my natural ears the voice of my angel. I, I, I really don't have any uh, physical evidence of the activity of my angel around me who's been sent to, to be with me. But Jesus told us, Remember when he was ministering to the children and he was laying his hands on them to bless them, that he says that their angel consistently and constantly is in the face of the Father. Now, number one, Jesus is telling us that we all have a personal angel. We've referred to it as a guardian angel, but it's a personal angel angel that's dispatched to us by God. So number one, right now in your presence, right now in my presence, we have at least one angel that's been dispatched to us to help with what God's will is for our life, to assist us, and primarily to bring messages from us to God and then bring his answer back to us from God. Notice that Jesus said that their face, the angel, the guardian angel's face, always beholds the, the face of the Father. That means that the only reason they're in the face of the Father is to supply a need of us that we have believed for, prayed for, asked for, and the angel goes and brings it. It's, it's going to be a wonderful time in heaven when we really see the fullness of how God's kingdom operated on the earth. And it's, it's a lot bigger and more complex than I think we, we have ever imagined. So understand that, that we have an angel 
And there, there are times we have to assume that our angels will be engaged in a battle with the evil angels that are around us. And so if we saw it over here in Daniel's time, I believe that we, we will also have to assume it's happening in this dispensation. So, I wanted us to notice this one phrase. It talks about the heavenly realm. Now, we began to, to consider what that might be, but I want you to understand that the heavenly realm that Scripture talks about, this unseen realm, is just simply, could I dare say, a spiritual world, a spiritual realm, which has activity in it, much like the physical world does. And so I wrote down this definition, this heavenly realm, this spiritual realm, is just simply an unseen spiritual realm that exists in parallel or working side by side with the seen or physical realm. Now, most believers really aren't aware, uh, privy, or mindful of an unseen world all around us. And this is exactly how I was before I bowed my knee to the Lord. I grew up with the belief that seeing with my physical eyes was believing. And it was difficult for me to believe in a God that I couldn't see, to believe in a God that I couldn't hear, believe in a God that I couldn't touch. And so I thought that all that I saw was all that there was. And yet there were so many unanswered questions of things happening in the earth that didn't really have a, a, a physical uh, seen world explanation. And, but I would just push those things off. Because, you know, there's evidence all around us that there's a spiritual realm that we're living in the midst of. It, the evidence is all over the place. But if you don't believe in it, then what does appear as evidence, we won't see it. And it's... Whoosh. And so before Christ, I thought that all life was, was me who I thought, I, I thought I was a body. I thought it was me that just lived my time out on the earth, try and get as much enjoyment out of life as I could, and then I would die like a dog, and that was the end of it. Pretty dismal point of view, wasn't it? But that's, that's where I was, and I shaped that, that belief by what I was getting fed from the world. And so I fell into that scenario. Now, I want to look at a couple of things. We're going to begin talking about this unseen spiritual realm that's all around us. Let me see. We've just been doing this for 30 minutes. Uh, maybe we'll look at one more scripture. Please hang in with me. I realize that the, the bulk of you watching and listening, you know all this. Well, I believe the Lord is expanding to that which you already know. By revelation of the Holy Spirit. Revelation is not coming from the preacher. It's not coming from me. It's coming uh, by the Holy Spirit that's working through the minister. Amen? And so he's, he, he's helping us to, to, to get a, a broader view, a, a greater understanding, and uh, to help 
give us uh, the, the strength to, that when we pray that we just stand believing until that which we're asking for is manifested. And we have it, we go on to the next thing, right? Now, I want you to go on over to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And so we're going to begin talking about this unseen, we can call it an unseen world. We could, we could call it the spiritual realm that's all around us right now. And just because we, ca we can't see it doesn't mean that it's not there. Again, we're going by what Scripture says uh, to, to see that which is unseen. So here's Jesus in, in John chapter 4. And he's at the, at the well, and he, he, he meets the woman at the well. We never did find out what her name was. And he gets into a discourse with her. And it's interesting that this woman at the well, her relationship with this person that she just met begins to progress. And when, when, when she first sees Jesus, uh, he's a Jew. And then as the progression goes on, you know, he, he, he becomes a prophet to her. And, and then at the end, he becomes her uh, Messiah. And that's how things sometimes have to go. It's a pretty, it's a pretty broad gap to hear about Jesus the first time and then finally get to the place where you see him as Messiah, your Lord, your Savior. And so this is the, a very, this woman's progression with Jesus in that morning is, is pretty interesting to watch because you and I went through that same progression in a different way. So here she is and finally Jesus is beginning to explain God's kingdom and he begins talking about God because they got over on the subject of worship. Where? Where's the physical place that we worship? So you see that this woman's depiction of the world was that it's just simply physical. She had no clue of an unseen world or realm that was all around her. And that's really where most Christians are today. And so Jesus begins to, he answers her question that the place of worship is not a geo, geographical place. It's not a physical location. It's not in this city. It's not in that building. It's, it's, it's nothing physical. He begins to describe that it's a spiritual place. Hallelujah. So here Jesus is answering her that the hour cometh. So he's pointing to this dispensation uh, that we're currently living in. He, he's saying that the time is, has, the, the hour cometh or the day is coming where God's kingdom will be established upon the earth. But all the Jews were looking for what? They were looking for a physical kingdom. Again, they thought everything was physical. Oh, it kind of reminds me of a song from years ago. We're not going to sing it right now. Here he says that there's coming a time, the hour cometh, and then he says, now is. That true 
worshipers. Now notice what Jesus just said. He said true worshipers. Now why did he use that adjective of being true? Well, there must be some false worshipers. Interesting. So there are true worshipers, and that's going to be those who are in God's kingdom, born into his kingdom like you and I, and they're going to worship the Father in the spirit. Notice it didn't say he's, we're going to worship him in a physical, geographical location. Now, can we worship in a physical location? Well, yeah, <laughs> we have to, right? We're, 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 we're also living in a physical world, so we have to, we have to be somewhere when we worship. But you're, you're going to be able to do it in any physical location because worship is going to be of your spirit. It's going to be of your heart. It's going to be of that unseen realm. And that's why worship is not simply music. It has to come from a believer's heart. It has to emanate and have its origin from our spirit. And it says that we're going to worship the Father from our spirit. That helps us to see it a little bit more uh, accurately as to what worship is. It's from our spirit. And we're going to do it according to truth. And Jesus told us that the word is truth. So it's going to be according to the word of God. So worship is that which we're lifting up to God that is in harmony with the word of God or with the truth of God. And then he tells us that, that God the Father is looking for that. He's seeking our worship. Now, understand that we, we've got to be careful that we, we, we see God in a natural way or in a human way. Some people would read this and, and, and we see it saying the Father is seeking us to worship him. And if you would, if you'd be cynical about it, if you'd be worldly about it, you're going, oh, he just wants, God just wants us to worship him so he can have our attention. So we feed his ego by worshiping him. That, that is the furthest thing from the truth. It means multiple things, but it doesn't mean that. God is not an ego, uh, he's not, he doesn't have an ego because he's love. And love is always preferring to the other. Every time that we're having anything to do with the Lord, he's always going to prefer us above himself in line with the word of God. Does that make sense? He'll do, he'll do whatever he can for us as long as it's that which is proper and in agreement with the word of God. And so he's seeking us, number one, because he loves us and because he wants us to be in his presence. You know, as a natural parent, it always meant the most to me when my children would climb up in my lap and, and just be sitting on my lap for no other reason than that they wanted to be with me. And that's what God is seeking. He, he wants us to climb up in his lap. He wants us to be there in his midst because he everything that he did was to make that moment possible. 
He sacrificed his own son just for that moment for you and I to climb up in his lap. Wow, that is so awesome. And so he's seeking that. And also the other reason he wants us to worship him is because when we get into his presence, then he can give us those attributes of his presence. Mm-mm-mm. You know, the Bible says that in his presence, there's a fullness of joy. He wants us to have his joy. We get that when we're sitting in his lap, worshiping him. And so he knows that when we worship him, we've positioned ourselves so he can bless us. Glory to God. Well, uh, uh, <laughs> I really hate to stop. I'm enjoying this. Uh, I didn't even get to what we went into these verses for. But as I said, once we got into this, it certainly got bigger than what I had ever imagined. So I'm simply following him, guys. I'm not, for no other reason. It's my heart to follow him. Not to do what I want to do or what I think is best, but to do what he wants us to do, knowing that that's going to be his best for us. So... Thanks for hanging in there with us. I'm glad that you're here this morning. Don't forget where we parked. We're here in John 4:23. Remind me uh, next time that we need to pick up there. We've got a lot more to get into talking about this, this realm that we live in the midst of. A realm where we have to learn how to operate in. We cannot be successful in life simply by operating in this physical realm. We have to begin to do business in the spiritual realm. And if once you understand that, then you begin to see how Jesus did what he did in his earthly ministry. He learned how to operate in that unseen spiritual realm, in that kingdom with God, and that's why he told us that we would do the same works as him and even greater. Once we learn how to operate in spiritual laws, of which one is love, of which one another is faith, when we begin to operate in spiritual law, that's when we begin to see God's will being done in our midst in a greater way. And that's simply what Jesus did. Hallelujah. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Father, I want to thank you for opening our eyes. I thank you for helping us to see that there's more to this world than just what we can see. That this world's much bigger, this earth is much bigger than what we're, than what we're experiencing in this seen realm. That there's a whole other realm that's all around us. And I, I thank you for broadening and, and helping us to see that, Father. And we look forward to, to, to learning more from the Word of God along this subject line. We thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you guys are blessed. <laughs> so take that blessing, share some of it with someone else, and be a blessing. Bye-bye.